You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 119, would you look with me please? At verse number 105 is where we will start tonight. Psalm 119 and verse 105. I think it's a familiar verse uh, to most of us, but I will admit, as I began to think about it, as I began to study it, I was amazed at how God used this verse to, to really show me something in my life that I needed. It says in verse 105, Thy word... Speaking of the Bible, thy word is a what? It's a lamp unto my feet. And it's a light unto my path. Now, I'll be honest. I've read that verse many times. I've memorized the verse. But I hadn't quite thought of it in this way. And I'm sure I've heard preachers preach it. And the truth is, I may have preached it sometime. And I've just kind of kind of got, got it jumbled in my mind. But... You know, sometimes I think that, that that's all the same. It's a lamp and it's a light, same thing. Well, it's not the same thing. And I want to show you in just a minute uh, how the Word of God acts as a lamp, but also how it acts as a light. And by the way, we need both of those. Verse 106, I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the freewill offerings of my mouth. O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand. Yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me. Yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. For they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts as we look at your word. I, I need your help tonight, and I pray that you would please touch us. I pray for uh, this dear lady in our church who uh, needed to go to the ER. I pray that you'd help everything to be okay. And I pray that you'd guide the, the EMTs and the doctors and nurses there. I thank you for our church members. I thank you for them uh, just uh, instantly responding to help and to assist and to be there. And Lord, I pray that you would please bless now the children and their ministry. I pray that you would bless all that is said and done in this place. May Jesus Christ be glorified. May the Word of God be preached uh, with clarity. I pray that we would uh, understand it. I pray we would receive it. And may it do a work in our hearts and lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, think about not 2022. But think about Bible times. First of all, you did not want to travel at night, but in some cases you had to travel at night. We have the opportunity, if we are uh, uh, traveling at night, we have, of course, we have automobiles. We have headlights on those automobiles. We have street lights. 
It's amazing. Uh, you get into a big city and there, the streetlights are everywhere. I mean, there is not a dark place in a big city. Now, you get out in the country a little bit, you know, here in Roanoke Rapids, get out to some of these country roads. It's pretty dark. You better know where you're going. But we have the benefit of those things. Uh, when you're looking for something, you drop something outside when you're going to your car, you just pull out your phone, right? Most phones now have a flashlight. You turn that flashlight, and you look and you find it. But think about in Bible times. Think about a traveler who was on a path, who was on a journey. He or she, they had no way to, to, to know what was ahead unless they had a lamp, unless they had a light. You see, there were dangers and there were hazards along the path and only the lamp could give safety. Only the lamp could give direction for the journey. I think, I think this was a game that was played in other parts of the country, but I know when I grew up in Illinois, our teenagers, we would get together for activities, especially at teen camps, and we would play a game called Capture the Flag. Did anybody ever play that game, Capture the Flag? You know what that is? Well, first of all, you do it in the dark, okay? And so literally you're running around like a bunch of crazies, and you're trying to find the other team's flag. Well, normally it was just an old T-shirt or something, and, and they would hide it. I mean, it wasn't obvious. You'd have to really look. No flashlights allowed. And if you got caught, then you were put into, into jail, and then somebody from your team had to come and free you and all that. Well, we used to play that game, and we didn't always play it on flat surfaces. We didn't always play it on open fields. I remember one time we went to a park uh, in uh, Freeport, Illinois, and uh, we were playing this game, and there were, some, there were some pretty steep hills. There were trees. Uh, there were some roadways. I remember one girl, and this girl, she was very, she was very quick. She was very athletic. But she was, she was making a beeline in that game, and she went running full speed into a picnic table that she did not know was there. And uh, needless to say, the game ended, I think, uh, at, at that point. That was not a, a good way to end the game. Well... You, you, when, you're, when you're in that game, you got to watch out for the, the, the other side because you want them to catch you. So there were some dangers, but there were also some hazards. And there were some things you couldn't see because you didn't have the light. Well, I want to tell you, in life, we face many dangers. We face many hazards, and we are living in a dark and sinful world. We are living in a world where it seems like the light is becoming more and more rare. It seems like the truth is becoming very difficult to find. And so as Christians, all the more, we must have the Word of God. It is a lamp unto our feet, and it is a light unto our path. I've got a little visual here. I, I, I got this for my girls um, a few months ago. Uh, thank the Lord for Amazon. But um, my girls, when they would go out at night to feed the cats... They always wanted to use my cell phone or they always wanted to use my wife's cell phone. And I'm not saying I don't trust my girls with my cell phone, but I trust them a whole lot more with a $15 lamp from Amazon than I do with my cell phone flashlight. And so we got this and um, I don't know how hard is it, uh, Russ, how hard is it to turn off uh, not all the lights, but just these uh, house lights right here. Can you do that? Probably not. Well, it's okay. You can go back to sleep. No, no, I'm just he, he was not sleeping. He was not. Don't even worry about it. I got it. We'll do it. So this, this light, this would be a flashlight. You can see that. It's actually, it's fairly bright. 
I mean, for an Amazon, you know, purchase, I mean, it's pretty good. But this works in a certain way, right? You can see that as a light. But then there is a, another function that is a lamp. Now, when I hold this up, it's not shining a light on the wall. But can I tell you, this is going to shine a pretty bright light on my path. It's going to shine a pretty bright light on my, where my feet are going so I know where I'm stepping. Now, if I've got it like this, ooh, we've got a red light, red flashing light. Look at that. Man, I could be like Barney Fife and <laughs> could put that on my car. But if I'm doing this, if I'm doing this, that's good because I can see down the road, but I, I don't necessarily, I can't necessarily see under my feet. I can't see where I'm stepping. I can't see where I'm supposed to go. But the word of God acts as a lamp and a light. It can show you down the road. It can show you direction. It can show you where you need to be, but it can also show you what you need to do tomorrow morning. It can also show you the decisions you need to make tonight or next month or, or next year. It can show you every single day as you journey along the pathway of the Christian life. So number one, we see in this particular passage, we see there's a path. God has a path. God has a direction. God has a way that he wants us to take, but we can't see it. We can't find it unless we get in the word of God. It is our lamp and it is our light. Number two, would you notice in verse 106, David says, I have sworn and I will perform it that I will, I will keep thy righteous judgments. Number two, the word is promise. David says, I have sworn. Now, when do we use that term? Often it's when someone is being sworn in for a particular uh, position of authority or for a particular job. Someone swears in on that job. They are making a promise. They're making a promise to uphold a constitution. They're making a promise to uphold a law. Well, here's what David said. David said, God, I have made you a promise. And he said, and I plan to keep it. Can I tell you, when you make a promise, you ought to keep it. When you make a promise to your spouse, you ought to keep that promise. When you make a promise to your children, you ought to keep it. When you make a promise to your parents, you ought to keep it. When you make a promise to God, you ought to keep it. Ecclesiastes says it like this, it'd be better for you not to make a vow than to make a vow and not pay it. Can I tell you, David made a promise. I wonder, what are some promises that you need to make? What are some commitments you need to make to God tonight? Maybe you just need to commit yourself that you're going to read the Bible. Maybe you need to commit yourself that you're going to stay in church. Maybe you need to commit yourself and promise, say, I'm going to love my, uh, my husband. I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to love my kids. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to do the very best I can to walk with God and serve God. What promises do you need to make? Say, well, I don't want to make a promise because I might not keep it. No, 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 you missed the point. The idea is you make a promise, a good promise, a promise to God, and then you fulfill it, and then you keep the promise. David said, I have sworn, and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. You'll never go wrong when you make a promise to do what God has told you to do. We must make a promise and then fulfill it. Verse number 107, David says, I am afflicted very much, 
Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. That word afflicted, we've seen that already in Psalm 119. But that word affliction, it has the idea of, of a persecution or actually a pain. Now, we don't like pain. And Christianity in 2022 in the United States of America, we don't know anything about pain. We don't know anything about suffering. For us, ooh, I don't know. And, and, and I, 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 can, I think I can use this now because... Um, hopefully our bad weather is passed. I shouldn't have said that. Now you watch, it'll be a blizzard next Sunday. But, you know, in the United States of America, North Carolina, sometimes it can be, I don't know, it's a little chilly. I don't know if I want to get out in that cold. You know, it's supposed to be below 50. I don't know if we can make it. Or, or in the summer. I don't know, it's, it's getting hot. I don't know if I can handle that heat. Now, we don't mention the fact that we've got air conditioning in our car. We don't mention the fact we got air conditioning in our church. We got air conditioning in our house. We don't mention that, but I don't know. And by the way, I'm not talking to our senior citizens and people with health issues. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people that we could do whatever we want to do if we put our mind to it. But yet sometimes we feel like, oh, it's so hard. Oh, it's so bad. I want to tell you this. If you would get a list of your problems, and you'd compare those to other people around the world, you would very quickly, you'd take your problems back in a heartbeat and say, those aren't really problems. You see, there's some pain. And David says, I'm afflicted very much. He said, I'm persecuted. I, 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 I'm, I'm under attack. I want to remind you tonight that there will be suffering in the Christian life. The Bible says, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you're suffering persecution because of your stand for God, that is not abnormal, that is normal. That's the way God said it would be. But you see, God doesn't leave us in that persecution. God doesn't abandon us in that spot. The Bible tells us that when we are afflicted, then God steps in. And God steps in. And he doesn't, just, he doesn't just pat us on the back and say, oh, well, you got to figure it out. God steps in and he quickens us. He uh, renews our life. He renews our energy. He revives us. He restores us. And can I tell you, if you're going through some hardships today, I want to tell you, you can be restored and you can be revived and you can be renewed through the power, notice verse 107, the power of the word of God. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. We see number one, the path. Number two, there's a promise. Number three, the pain. Number four, I want you to notice in verse 108, there's the praise. David says, accept or receive, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth. That's interesting. Normally in the Old Testament, you would see there would be offerings that would brought by, be brought by their hands. They would bring an offering of a goat or they would bring an offering of a lamb or they would bring uh, offerings of the turtle doves or they would bring offerings uh, from the harvest or they would bring a burnt offering. But here, David takes it a step further and he says this. He says, Lord, I'm not just offering the offering of my hand. 
He said, but I want to use my mouth to praise you. And can I tell you, can I remind us tonight that God is interested in our heart. God is interested on what's on the inside. Yes, we ought to give our tithe. Yes, we ought to give our offering in the offering plate. But you know what else we ought to give? We ought to give the free will offerings of our mouth. We ought to give God praise. We ought, and by the way, you don't have to wait till Sunday to do that. You can do that every day. You can offer God the offerings of, of your mouth and the praise that he deserves. David says, accept, Lord, please. I'm trying to give you the free will offerings from my mouth. And I want to praise you. When God quickens you, when God revives you, the normal reaction is that we should praise him. Worship God, yes, with your tithe. Worship God with your offering, but also worship God with your heart. Psalm 119, 109, my soul is continually in my hand. Yet do I not forget thy law. I want you to notice that verse in Psalm 119, verse 109. My soul is continually in my hand. I had to look that one up because I thought, you know, I'm not exactly sure what, what is David saying here. Well, that is an expression that's found several times in the Old Testament and it has the idea of being in danger. It's like when we would say, I'm putting my life in my hands, right? I, I, I'm, I'm putting myself in a vulnerable, a dangerous position. And David says in verse number 109, he says, my soul is continually in my hand. Well, that's because David was continually in danger. David spent much of his life uh, uh, after his boyhood and after the, the battle with Goliath, David spent a lot of time on the run. He spent a lot of time running from King Saul who was trying to kill him. Now, you may have somebody at work that doesn't like you, but you're going to be okay. But could you imagine if the king of the land was trying to kill you like Saul? And Saul didn't, didn't go by himself. Saul took his whole army. He said, we're going to find that guy. We're going to kill him. We're going to do whatever it takes. And David spent a lot of time fleeing from Saul. Then David spent time fleeing from the Philistines. They were out to get him. Remember Goliath's uh, uh, kinfolk? <laughs> Remember when those guys came along? They were ready to kill David. They were ready to exact revenge for what he had done to their champion. And so David knew what it was like to have hitmen after him. He knew what it was like to have assassins after him. And then David probably felt like things would be a little, little more calm. And then his very own son, Absalom, decided to revolt and steal the kingdom and tried to kill his own father and sent the armies out to kill his father, David. And so David knew what it was like to be on the run. He knew what it was like to hide. He knew what it was like to fight. But here's what he said. I've been in danger, continually in danger. Yet do I not forget thy law. Now, please hear me on this. We many times, when hardships come, when persecution comes, when people don't treat us properly, many times we say, okay, watch this. You want to play that way? 
two can play that game. That's not what David said. He said, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to let the Lord take care of me. You see, David said, I will not forget thy law. He, David stayed true to God even when people were untrue to him. David loved God even when people hated his guts. David said, I'm not focused on what everybody else is doing. He said, I'm focused on my relationship with God and my relationship with God's word. And I want to remind you tonight, whatever you're going through, uh, whatever issues you're dealing with in your life, at home or at work or with family or neighbors or all those things, if you'll focus on your relationship with the Lord, that's going to help a whole lot in your relationship with people. Uh, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. David said, I'm in danger. But he said, I have not forgotten thy law. Number five, the word there is protection. God protected David. God's uh, word protected David uh, from the dangers he faced. Look at verse 110. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. That word snare, it's a, an interesting word. It's, it's, not, it's not like if I were walking up these steps and I were going a little too fast and I tripped and I'd say, oh, I can't believe somebody put these steps here. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not the steps fault, right? It's my fault, you know, it's me being clumsy. But if I were walking uh, across this uh, platform or if I were walking through this auditorium and somebody had set a bear trap. Now, you, you know what those are. You've seen those, right? Those don't feel good. Uh, those are, you're not going to, you're not going to uh, step in the bear trap and say, was that a bear trap? What was that? No, you're not going to say that. You're going to say, ah, you're going to be screaming and you're going to be hoping to be able to keep your foot, you know, keep your leg. But when the hunters, when they would lay those traps, they would lay those snares. They never put them in plain sight. They were always disguised. They're always hidden. Sometimes they were even baited. In order to draw that animal, in order to draw uh, that creature, and when the creature was unsuspecting, uh, there would be a trap, but it would be covered with brush, and it would blend right in so that that creature would never see that trap. And David said, there are some wicked people that they have purposely laid a snare. They, are, they have tried to capture me, and they have tried to kill me. Wow. Can I tell you tonight that there is a world out there that is laying snares for the Christian. There's a world out there that would love to trap you and get you hooked in false doctrine. See, sometimes we just think, oh yeah, you know, the devil's trying to get us all to drink beer and trying to get us to do drugs and try to, yeah, yeah, the devil would like for that. But for some, the devil's thinking that's not the best uh, avenue. So there's some, he's trying to get you involved in false doctrine. He's trying to get you away from the Bible. He's trying to get you to think that you know better than God and you know better than uh, the word of God and you know better than everybody and, and, and you don't have to listen to what God has to say. I want to tell you, it's a trap. It's a snare. And it's going to sound really good. You won't see it coming. That's why you say, well... You don't know me, Pastor. I'm so smart. 
I'm so experienced, I'm so intelligent. Never will I fall for that stuff. You want to bet? Because your only protection, and my only protection from the plot, verse number 110, number six, the plot, our only protection is to stay in the word of God. Notice what it says. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Do not err. That word err, it means to go astray. Do not go astray. Do not get off course. You say, well, you know, these people over here, they want to have a Bible study and they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God and they don't believe that salvation is by grace through faith. But, you know, I'm going to kind of, I'm kind of interested in that stuff. I'll tell you what, you better watch out. It's a snare. And it's not going to end well. You have to stay in the Word of God. So are you trying to say that we can't do anything apart from Victory Baptist Church? No, as a matter of fact, that's not what I said at all. What I said, you better stay in the Word of God. You better stay in the Bible and you can't err, you can't get off track because once you start getting off track, have you ever noticed how you just keep getting further and further and further and the next thing you know, you are a long ways from home because you erred from the truth of the Word of God. There's a plot. Don't fall for that trap. Don't take the bait. Stay in the Word of God. Verse 111, Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Number seven, the word is prize. David said, Your word is like an heritage. Uh, an, a heritage is an inheritance. It's something that you inherit. It's something valuable. I read a story about a man who had a vineyard. And this man left his vineyard for his two sons. His, as he was dying, he, he, he expressed to his sons that there was a treasure in the vineyard. So those two sons, after their father passed away, those two sons, they set out to dig up that vineyard looking for the treasure. Well, they never found the treasure. But you know what they found at harvest time? They found the most incredible harvest of grapes that came from that vineyard, and that was the treasure. Well, you know what that father knew? That father knew that that vineyard was going to need to be tilled. It was going to need to be cultivated. And he thought, if I tell them there's a treasure in there, I think they'll dig it up pretty good, and I think they'll do about what needs to be done until harvest comes. Well, can I tell you, there's a treasure that we have in this book, but it's got to be cultivated. You've got to work at it. You say, what do you mean you got to work at it? Uh, what I mean is you got to open it. You got to read it. You got to study it. Uh, by the way, I'm not just talking about reading like you surf the net. You know, I'll take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I don't have time. No, no, I'm talking about getting in the Bible. We are to be students of the word of God. We've got students at Victory Christian Academy, and those students, every quarter, uh, they get their, their grades. I mean, they can look at them any time, but they get their grades. They're on the honor roll, right? If they've got A's or A's and B's, and they're on the honor roll. Can I tell you, being a student takes some work. And we are to be students of the book. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
we have an inheritance. It's our prize. And then number eight, I want you to see in verse 112, David says, I've inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. Notice there again the word perform. We saw that word in verse number 106. There's a promise that David made, but then he said, I'm going to perform it. He said, I'm going to make a promise, but then I'm going to fulfill it. Boy, I tell you, I tell you this, I, I like it when people keep their promises, don't you? Can I tell you, God is pleased when we keep our promises to Him. Anybody can make a promise. Anybody can talk the talk. But may God help us to walk the walk. May God help us to perform that which we said we would do. He says that I have inclined, I've, I, 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 I've decided that that's what I'm going to do with my heart. I, I, I've, I've leaned towards and I've inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always. That's always. That's every day. That's every time. Not just when the Bible goes along with what I'm already doing. I, I've, I've inclined my heart to your statutes always, even when I got to change something. Always, even unto the end. I want to encourage you when it comes to the Bible, uh, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't, don't come short. Finish the race and finish the journey that God has called you to run and the journey that God has called you to complete. I'll close with this illustration. We used it at the beginning. A little over eight years ago, I guess now it's been eight and a half years ago, that God began to work in my heart, my wife, and our hearts about coming to North Carolina. And uh, the first phone call I got was in September of 2013. I've told you the story before. I won't bore you with all the details again. But you know what we were looking for? We were looking for this. We wanted God to show us the light for down the road. That, that's what we were looking for. But you know, we didn't see that light right away. Here's what we saw. We saw the lamp where it was just one day at a time. And we really wanted to see down the road. We really wanted to see, God, is this where you're leading? Is this what you want us to do? But God didn't show us that. He just showed us one day at a time. And can I tell you, when you're waiting on the light, a day seems like a month. When you're waiting, and if, I mean, some of you are just so patient that you, you don't mind waiting for anything. That's why you do so well in drive throughs right? Because you just, you don't mind waiting. As a matter of fact, take your time. I'm not in a hurry. But this lamp is many times what we need just to show us what we're supposed to do today. And then you do what you're supposed to do today, and then guess what? Tomorrow, God will show you what you're supposed to do tomorrow. And you do that. And then the next day, God will show you again. And you just, you just keep every day getting this book open. It's the lamp. And then what you'll find is there's going to be a day if you'll keep following the lamp every day. Someday, someday God's going to shine the light, and he's going to show you a little further down the road. And I felt like we followed the lamp for a lot of days, a lot of praying, a lot of fasting. And then we came to visit 
Roanoke Rapids in December of 2013. And uh, we felt like God was showing the light, but we had to wait till January to see if God was showing you the light because you had to vote. And that vote for you may not have seemed like a long time, but for my wife and I, it was, over, it was about three weeks because of Christmas and New Year's. That vote don't, didn't seem like a month. That vote seemed like a year. And we were, we were just waiting to see the light. We got that phone call uh, that Sunday evening. As a matter of fact, in California, we were just getting ready to start our service. You had already ended the service. You'd had the business meeting. And I got the call from Brother Fields. And there was the light. But can I tell you, you're not going to see the light unless you follow the lamp. You're not going to see the light. It's going to stay very dark if you're not willing to just walk the path that God has for you today. And then tomorrow you walk the path. And then the next day, and you just keep trusting the Lord. You say, well, why doesn't God show me down the road? Well, sometimes he doesn't show you down the road because it would scare you to death. If I would have known way back when that someday I'd come here, well, first of all, I would have tried to skip some steps. And that would have messed a whole lot of things up for a whole lot of people. But God knows what you need and what I need for every day. And if you will follow his word, a lamp to your feet, he'll make it a light for your entire path. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.